Strong bodies, kind hearts, unstoppable minds. You're listening to Strong Girls Pod, where strong women share their stories to inspire strong girls. Welcome to episode five of Strong Girls Pod, brought to you by WIS. Today, I will be sitting down for an awesome conversation with Claire DeGeorge, a member of the first draft class of the new Professional Women's Hockey League, or PWHL, who will be playing their inaugural season in just under a week from today. Claire, a graduate transfer to The Ohio State University, won a national championship alongside her teammates in 2022, just before moving on to a career of professional hockey and working simultaneously as a registered nurse. Claire comes from a family of absolute grinders and doesn't have the word no in her vocabulary. Get ready for an episode of awe as Claire is amazing and her work ethic shows it through and through. But before we jump in, we are going to hear from our amazing sponsor, WIS. Going back with our WIS tips series. So tip number five is buy something that lasts for the long term where you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. So when you get older, you'll be able to invest in things like diversify, invest in the market. You'll be able to invest in a bunch of different companies with not too much money and that money will grow. And that's what we mean by invest in something that's gonna grow or you'll be able to eventually buy something like a home or buy buy uh, an asset. But wh- when you're younger, you might, you might Buy something that um, you know that that's not as as big that you think is a, is a good purchase and it's going to last you a long time in the future. So yeah. that's what you want to do. You want to invest in in things that that don't go away. Yeah, and almost like starting from a young age, investing in things that bring joy or enjoyment it could yeah. be the start. And spanning into like you were saying in the long run, like you're investing in stuff that could lead to you getting a house when you're an adult. That's right. But growing up, I mean, saving for something that's going to bring you an outward amount of joy that might have a long-term amount of joy that it brings too, becomes something so cool. Like it could be a piece of sports equipment. It could be a game that you've been really wanting for a really long time, something that you've been working towards that you know will bring you enjoyment for a long period of time. That that becomes equally worth that investment. Like that is an investment in you and in yourself just as much as when you're older and when you're growing up as investing in that enjoyment of being able to have a roof over your head that's your own. Absolutely. So I I like how you said that. Um, Investing in something that brings you an emotion for a long period of time. That's a great way. That's a great way to talk about like making the most out of your money when you're young. Meaning... You know, an an article of clothing, it it might bring you enjoyment for a long period of time. It might not. So think of really what you value as a person and what you think is going to give you give you that that emotion of joy and gratitude over a long time. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Strong Girls Pod. I'm your host, Charlie Ekstrom, and I am here with the amazing Claire DeGeorge, who's now a member of the PWHL, the new Professional Women's Hockey League, has a really cool story and background. I'm so happy to have you share today. Thanks so much for joining us, Claire. Thank you, Charlie. It's a pleasure being on here. Um, Strong Girls Unite has a huge part of my heart right now and um, helping young girls and I've been able to be involved for quite a few years. I know it's kind of awesome and I feel like something that's so fun is you're one of our first if not our first actual fam mentor who's been a part of Strong Girls United in the past who's coming on this podcast and so it's really fun that you've got kind of this perspective of you've gone through a mentorship program and now you kind of get to do like this whole different lens and you've, you wear a lot of different jackets in your career. I feel like you have a lot of different lenses of life and I think it's going to be so cool for people to hear like beyond just like what you were able to share with your mentee, like you get to share it with everybody listening now. So for listeners who are out there right now, I can't wait for you to hear all about Claire because her story is awesome and it needs to be heard. (laughs) Thank you, Charlie. Yeah, of course. So now that I've prefaced what your story is of like, hey, it's a really exciting one. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love you to give just a tiny bit of background to start. What started your career? For those listeners who don't know your background, where are you from? 
what sports did you play growing up? How did that kind of influence you? What you studied, what you're doing now, all of it. Right now, we know that you're in the Professional Women's Hockey League, but beyond that, like what makes Claire, Claire? That's a great question. Um, so I was born in Anchorage, Alaska. I guess that should, that's my two truths and a lie right there. I already started off a lot. That's good. I was actually born in Boulder, Colorado, but I moved there when I was three months old. So I always say I was born and raised in Anchorage, Alaska. Um, and that's kind of where I started hockey. It's kind of interesting because none of my family, I'm the only hockey player in my entire family. And my parents just wanted me and my sisters to know how to skate. So um, we started figure skating till I was probably about five and I kept begging to play hockey. So they're like, okay, go, go for it. Um, and so I started in Anchorage and for the first 14 years, 13, 14 years, so I went to Shattuck St. Mary's in Faribault, Minnesota. And that's kind of when I did the transition from boys to girls hockey. Um, and being at Shattuck, I learned a lot and I became very independent when I was, when I was at Shattuck and I really appreciate that. And that's kind of where my love for science and that, the biomedical clinical aspect kind of came around as well. So when I went to college up at Bemidji State, I got, in, I was very fortunate to be allowed to do the nursing program up there at the same time as playing hockey for, for our team up there. And it was, I mean, it was a lot, I'm going to be honest, doing the two at the same time, but I'm very grateful for it because today I'm a nurse in the vascular medical service, PCU, progressive um, care unit up at Mayo Clinic in Rochester and I get to work with amazing people all the time they're very top of their top of their class in terms of surgeries and medical side nurses everything and um, can take a couple a year step back or so and I was able to do my fifth year before I started my nursing career at Ohio State and that's where I became um, a fam mentor there. So I had my first little, my first little mentee. And ever since then, I've kind of been um, involved with Strong Girls United and trying to get the word out. Um, but I was also able to get my master's in bioethics there. So that's another thing that I've been starting to get involved with uh, at Mayo. And then I also was fortunate to win an NCAA championship with our, our team there. And it was an amazing experience. It's a very high honor and it's the, I think the best feeling in a sense was with the team that we did it with. I mean, everyone was extremely, extremely passionate and wanted to win. And it's been the, the best culture and a team I've ever had before. Um, so that was something that made the experience really special and I will forever be grateful for. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then casually, I think you missed out on the whole playing professional hockey while you're doing the other things that you're doing <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yes, I still play professional hockey. So this this coming up last year, I was able to still play professional hockey and we just did weekends. It was an interesting model. Our team was kind of all the players were spread out and every, all the players would go to a weekend. We had four teams. So you were always on your team. But I was on Team Montreal, even though I was playing in Minnesota, practicing in Minnesota with all those girls. But I was on Team Montreal. So um, we did 10 weekends last year. And again, my nursing, all they're very accepting of it and allowed me to still go and do be a part of playing professional women's hockey. And coming full circle around now to this year, it will be in January starting our very first um, professional women's hockey league where we're all in central locations. It's just like the NHL. We can get traded. I could get traded to Boston if that's what they wanted to do. But I'm happy to be in Minnesota staying here. So that's hopefully, hopefully what will happen. Pretty exciting and pretty yeah. cool. You're a really cool example of like somebody who's doing it all. I'm I'm almost like in awe just listening to the fact that you're working as a full-time registered nurse. I know that like a couple of days ago we were texting and you're like, yeah, I'm on the night shift right now. So tomorrow I might be a little groggy, just letting you know. And I was like, oh my goodness, she does it all. She's playing professional sports. She's working as a registered nurse. She won a national championship in college, which is like you were saying, not something to talk little of. It's such an incredible feat. And I think something that you said that spoke so well to me here talking about that element of team and feels so much greater when you're doing it with the team. 
I think that that's such a cool element because I agree being a part of a team sport makes the sport so fun. And so when you're a part of a team that you take that you take so much pride in and like win that national championship with that team, it just becomes so special. In the meantime, you got an undergrad, you got a master's, you were a part of a nursing program. Those are unheard of things for collegiate athletics. And so being able to do it all, it's just it sets such a cool precedent for like people who want to do it and say, can I do it all? Yes. Listen to Claire's story. because She did do it all. Won a natty and is still following her dreams and doing everything that she's passionate about. You can do it all if you really want to. Might be a lot of hours, but. <laughs> Definitely. No, I've de- I recently just got asked by a little girl. She said she wants to go to dental school um, and play Division One hockey and do all that stuff. And I was like, well, you know what? It's it's possible. And there's there's girls who are on that path that are playing Division One college athletics all over the country so thank you that is very that means a lot because it definitely wasn't an easy an easy path but um I did it I I wanted to I'm passionate about it and I think that's kind of what what helped with it and to to go back to that team aspect it's definitely something team specifically and being able to be a part of a team and is something that's rolled over into nursing entirely for me and in in the rest of my life in every aspect. Yeah. I was going to say, how much do you think that team element like translate into your professional career beyond professional athletics? Obviously it's a team sport. You still play a team sport. So it would make sense for it to transfer over into professional athletics, but in a professional setting, especially working in the medical industry, in the medical field, working as a part of a like team of nurses, how important was kind of that background in team athletics? Or how did you find it valuable for you going into your professional career yeah i think i think the greatest thing that has has helped me go into my professional career is not being afraid to ask for help is and knowing that your teammates are there to have your back and i guess my my greatest example is the the senior nurses that are on my on my unit i know every single time if i have a question i'm like i'm just gonna go and ask them and they're always accepting and they show all of these team these team characteristics that I've seen in my teammates where we have had had a lot of a success. So I, again, it's just the not being afraid to ask those questions. I think that's honestly one of the greatest things. And um, it's, it's what I would pass on to others. Yeah. Um, I love that. Asking questions is such an important thing and also asking for help when you know you're struggling. When you were saying like the importance of asking for help, knowing that you can, whether it be in life, whether it be in sport, whether it be in, your working career, whether it just be outside of it all. Struggles are inevitable in life, but it's a matter of like who you're asking or if you're willing to ask for that assistance or to ask for advice or to ask for help. It makes the experience so much more valuable or the trade-off is invaluable because it's like, oh my gosh, you, because of the fact that I knew how to ask for help, I was actually able to get the help for whatever I needed that with. And I think team sports definitely, it comes from something as simple of like, for me, could you pass me a ball? I want to get a couple extra reps or, Hey, could you watch me on this rep? I'm struggling and I need somebody to just like, tell me what to do. Or I'm like, I just need somebody to tell me what they see because I don't have eyes watching me while I'm doing it. I just know what I'm feeling and something's wrong, but I can't pinpoint it. And it's like a a teammate is never going to tell you no. But it's really hard to ask when you're first doing it. I'm like, I don't want people to know that I'm struggling. And then when I finally got over that fact, or I like, I I started cracking it into jokes. I was like, clearly something's off right now. Can somebody please watch me? I need some help right now. And you'd get a couple giggles out of it. And then somebody's like, yeah, I obviously have your back, like always and forever. So I love that that was able to kind of carry into your professional career and is going to span probably for the rest of your life. And you know, you would you would be amazed how when you do ask those questions, sometimes they, they don't know the answer either. So then it's a it's a learning experience for both of you to um, at least certainly in the in, in my nursing career we both get to go look it up together and we both learn something. So it's just getting over that that little fear factor of oh I don't know this or I, I need some help, but exactly. I learn so yeah. Exactly. I was gonna say, kind of looking at that And I almost want to hear this from like two different lenses. Something that we do with Strong Girls, which I'm sure that you know at this point, being a part of the programs and all of it is finding our three good things in a day, our three good things practice. Mm -hmm. And it's the idea of that every day, good or bad, no matter how high, no matter how low you feel, you're able to find three good things. 
and those three good things, pointing those three good things out makes every single moment of that day a little bit less significant because you were at least able to find three good things. Yeah. And something that we thought would be really awesome here with Strong Girls Pod is kind of looking at in sport with all the highs, with all the lows of being an athlete, of playing. What are your three good things, your three favorite things about your sport? Oh, so my very first one, again, it probably just goes back to the the friendships and the teammates that I've made. They've been my family probably since at least the the group of girls that I've been with for now since high school. They're practically, they're my sisters, essentially, because I grew up with them. It's such like a a pivotal point of life where we were changing so much um, that they they know me so well. It's like they're they're literally my sisters. So I think that just the friendships there. Um, and then my second thing, this one relates to the sport specifically. Um, it's just a feeling that has always made me or like drawn me to hockey it, it playing the actual game is the feeling. And I mean, I, I'm going to relate this to, to volleyball the best that I can for you, but I'm sure when you're, you and your uh, beach volleyball partner are making, make a good play where it's just seamless. You don't have to think about it. You're just kind of reading off of each other very well and then you get a, a nice uh, what do you call it, like a, a dig maybe <laughs> Am I saying the right words I don't you're know. you're killing it with the volleyball <laughs> references right now I wasn't even <laughs> expecting you to go from the volleyball lens you can yeah, take it no. in the hockey lens but I love it from the volleyball lens I'm like wow I'm eating this little metaphor I, up right now <laughs> trying um but anyways that that feeling for it to relate that now to hockey is if you're coming up the ice and you're passing with your with your teammates and you score a goal where it's just it's seamless and you kind of just know where everyone is you never actually have to look at where they are you just know like oh they're off off to the right there and it's predictability so you know you're going to pass it to your teammate there it's those those kind of flow moments that are what really draw me draw me to hockey so um that's one of my feel goods with with the sport and then i think the a third one those are my two big ones but a third one would be just the experiences that it's allowed me to have and the growth that I've seen come from those because I mean it has it in in a way it's it's gotten me to where to where I am today obviously but the, the characteristics the personality that I show and um wanting wanting to to give back to others I mean, it's definitely an interesting profession to get into of service and being caring and kind to, to people when your sport, it calls for you to go out on the ice and, you know, be aggressive and mean. Um, I, I often like think about it's like the, the devil and the angel in that aspect. But um, <laughs> It's like I'm Nurse def- Claire and Rink Claire, yeah, like completely exactly. different aspects. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, they still, they st- the hockey has still brought me to the, to has given me the caring kind side of it because I can see I've still been around people for a very long time and um I have a way ways of understanding how to separate the two I guess that's a good good way to put it but that's something those experiences that have brought me to that realization so I love that I was gonna say and you've kind of already started carrying this over in honor of your story being you've kind of got two different lenses of life that you're really heavily invested in right now and so what are your three good things about carrying over from sport into nursing what are your three good things of sport to nursing kind of carry over I'll, I'll, I'll stray from the teamwork one because it's still probably <laughs> communication uh, being able to to communicate with others and that's not just with my the nurses in general but with my patients as well um, one of the things I always try to do is just to make a um, report with my patients when I first go in the room, it takes 60 seconds and you just talk to them, you know, don't talk about why they're there. Don't talk about their, how they're feeling. They are there because they probably don't feel very good. So I always try to just talk, figure out something about them that I can relate to them with. And being in Minnesota, oftentimes that's hockey. So it's really easy, but um, (laughs) it's, that's probably my, my first one is the communication. Um, probably organization i would say um hockey has made me it's primarily more in college trying to balance nursing and hockey at the same time and um 
in nursing these days, I'm still, I'm still a, a younger nurse per se, they would say. So the organization side, it's, it's difficult. I'm still running into a room and running back to the, the par stock to like grab something and back to the patient's room. But um, it's a learning process. So managing, managing your time in that, in that time frame and being organized. Um, and a third carryover, I would say just, and again, we, we already kind of touched on this one, but being, being willing to learn, um, I would say being willing to make mistakes, but in nursing, making mistakes is not very, <laughs> you don't really want that to be happening. So that's why I ask a lot of questions. Um, but just being willing to, to learn all the time. Like there's always a learning moment. And, um, even on those, you know, I text you during that, my, my night shift, uh, we have a couple hours in there, but usually, I mean, I just talk to my coworkers and we, we learn a lot, you know, we learn a lot about nursing, just other things that are going on in society too, in the, in the healthcare. So. I love that. Three cool lenses. I was thinking, I was like, I'm sitting here in this balance of playing professional athletics and also working as well. And so I know that my balance is a whole different kind of level of thought process. And so being able to hear what you're able to transfer over in a career that's honestly so heavily established in its system, but it feels like you're almost breaking a little bit of the mold of not just professional hockey. You're in this whole new realm of professional hockey now, but in this realm of nursing, you don't really hear of professional athletes who are also full-time registered nurses. And that's a really cool realm that you're combining. So being able to hear the pieces that you take from sport and bring to nursing and the pieces of nursing that you're able to bring to sport, it's pretty cool. I love that. With it all, is it hard for you to find balance? Because I'm hearing all of this. And again, we go back to you're working a night shift some nights. And do you have practice the next day? What is it like kind of balancing? What are your time management skills like? What was easier, balancing in college versus balancing now? How do you do it all? <laughs> That's a, a really good question. I've thought back about um, if it was easier in college or if it's easier now. And uh, college, definitely, it it wasn't easy, but it was definitely still manageable because I think I, and I think that's because I still had control over when I would be doing schoolwork, at least. Like one part was still on, on my end and now my schedules are, like, this is the time you're going to go work and this is the time that you, you have to go do your, your hockey. So... I would say, and I mean, this is a good learning experience for, for other kids out there too, I think. And I hope they learn something from, from me by this, but I do think over the past year I had been, I almost took off a little bit more than I could chew. And it's, I was still able to like get the nursing done and get my hockey done, but I was doing things like the night shift, go home. Sometimes I think the very first time I did that, I tried to go skate after, and then I tried to stay up the rest of the day after three night shifts. And I was at at home, I was shaking. I was so tired. I've never felt that before. I was like, all right, different, different plan here. Um, so instead I, the next time I took a nap and then went and skated later in the afternoon after a night shift and I went a little bit better, but after a whole six, eight months of doing that, I, I started to realize that I wasn't seeing as much improvement in my, in my hockey. And so I was like, what's, what's going on here. And there were some other factors that, that happened. I ended up getting injured too, but it's almost was, I don't want to say a blessing in disguise because I don't think injuries are ever good, but it did give me a second to step back and be like, okay, maybe I have been a little bit too, too stressed. And I've started implementing a whole day off. So once a week for, for the most part, once a week, I make sure I, I have the whole day off. And that includes not nursing and not hockey. And I've actually seen, and while it's a whole day off of maybe not training, it, I've seen improvements in my, I wouldn't say motivations. I feel like I, I get motivation well, but my intensity, the intensity of my workouts, I get all of it in one workout as opposed to maybe being like, I'm so tired today. I felt like I only gave 50%. I give hundred percent every time. So that's something that, um, and again, I asked for help and that's what they were like, okay, let's try this. And it's something that's been working really well for me. So Again, as a, even though I do do all these things, I promise I still take still take some time off, and that's one thing that I've learned in in this past year. So you're always again back to I'm 24 years old now, and you're always learning. So let's normalize that importance of taking an off day, getting yeah. rest and recovery. I think anybody who's an athlete ever, not just working and athletics, anybody who's an athlete ever 
struggles with the thought of recovery and rest being an important yes. factor of athletics. Yeah. And especially growing up before your body starts to hurt. Like <laughs> for those of us who are lucky enough to where we didn't, like I was lucky enough to not be an injury prone kid. Mm-hmm. I could burn the candle from both ends at all times and somehow body felt completely fine all the time. And then I was hit by the brick wall that was collegiate athletics and college school yeah. and was doing a, <laughs> and I was doing a STEM major. Like I majored in architecture in undergrad yeah. and was doing all of these crazy things on the sides. And I was like, I can say yes to everything. I recover like crazy. And then my body was like, just kidding. You're growing up. Um, <laughs> you need off time and you need to sleep more and you need all of it. I think it's so important what you're saying there. I had to take a step back in the middle of season this year, in the middle of pro season, I had to take like two weeks off because my body felt so horrible because I was like, you were saying biting off so much more that I could chew that I was like, I'm just overwhelmed and not sleeping well as a result of it, not training as good as I could have not getting the results that I wanted and then took that step back and then started performing at a much higher level again because of the fact that I took the off time. So for people who are listening who don't believe that off time is important, like let me emphasize and let Claire emphasize off time is important and taking one day off a week is not going to make or break your athletic career, your individual career in any way, shape or form. A little bit of off time is going to only help you moving forward. I mean, the science backs it too, honestly, that recovery time for you, it's it, it is imperative. And the, the fact that you had the confidence and the, the mental strength to take those two weeks off, say this is this is not right and recognize that is amazing. And so that's one that give you props for that. Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. Life, lifelong learners. I had to learn the hard way that I had to take those that time off. And I think it also sometimes can come in and I'm sure looking at it too, you were sitting back. There are people practicing when I'm not able to right now. Like I have to take this time off. Like it had to have been hard when you were first making that decision. Am I setting myself back by taking this time off? And then you come back after the fact and I have zero regrets for the decision I made. But it's really hard when you make that decision because you're like every second that I'm not doing something, somebody else might be. And then, okay, eliminate the comparison. The comparison can't be there anymore. Because you are your own individual self and you're able to improve at such a higher rate based on the what your body is telling you, what your mind is telling you, as opposed to what everybody else is doing. And I think I had trouble with that too of like, again, comparison game gets hard. And when you're taking that time off, comparison can get even more hard because you're like, why do I have to take this time off? But then when you after you get back from taking the time off, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy that I did. Yeah. 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 It's been like night and day in terms of strength on ice everything so i i have to hear about like devil claire angel claire ice claire versus nurse claire i'm imagining a movie and i see your little devil angel and it's you and your nurse scrubs and you and your hockey (laughs) uniform on each side like sweet nurse claire versus angry fierce hockey claire and i'd love to know your perspective of switching on and off are you a gnarly like angry because hockey almost gets a rep and Correct me if I'm wrong, but it almost gets a rep of being an angrier, more aggressive sport because yeah. it kind of is a little bit more aggressive of a sport. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely just a little bit physical in yeah. the elements, but being that like gnarly competitor, do you see like that side? Obviously, you don't see it shift into your nursing career, but how is that flip flop back and forth? How, how do you get into the mindset of I'm fierce competitor mode versus off the ice? I'm somebody completely different. What's that kind yeah. of like for you? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think in this, I came to this realization in high school because I had a, a, uh, our coach, he was a great coach. And he said one thing one time uh, on the ice, he was like, when you're on the ice, you're the best way to be a good friend to your teammate is to go as hard as you can against them. Cause that's the only way that you're going to make them better. So that's maybe where I can accept the ang- the more aggressive like angry side is like I'm doing this to make my friends better but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the I'm definitely more of like the caring kind side like the scrubs nurse Claire that's just kind of how my my personality is and I'm I, if I ever made anyone feel bad about anything I would feel horrible it's just like inside my emotions are 
just, I feel bad. So getting on the ice sometimes, if I were to hurt someone, I would feel just absolutely awful. So like I, there's, it's funny you said, there are times that I've apologized to old teammates that I'm playing against and if I hit them maybe a little too hard, I'll be like, I'm so sorry. I just did it because I want to win. But um, <laughs> yeah, so there, there are times, but again, like I just go back to like, the, my validation is if when you're in, on the ice and you're going against your your friends are you really being that good of a friend to them if you're just gonna go nice against them not really because you're not making them any better so that's my my validation i love that finding the positive aspect of being maybe even borderline a little bit more negative and then you're also hey if i hurt you don't worry i have the medical background to where i can take care of you after too now (laughs) yeah exactly i should feel i should throw that one out now (laughs) yeah now you can throw it out you're like hey hey hey, don't worry i got you after the game like i'm gonna (laughs) kick your butt right now but like after the game if it if anything hurts just let me know (laughs) (laughs) oh i love that so much uh, okay. Also looking at kind of like the aggressive element of play in hockey. Mm-hmm. I think we've skipped over this a little bit of okay. like, you grew up playing boys hockey. How yeah. different is the sport of boys hockey versus girls hockey? And does that have any play into the way that you play now? I asked this too, because when I go home for training, I have struggled in the past a lot to find girls to train with but struggled a lot less to find guys to train with. So I've played a lot of guys volleyball growing up and just in my career over the last, I don't know, like five or six years, especially, I've found a lot of strength in playing guys volleyball as well. And so I'm wondering kind of the correlation because I was reading your story and I was like, this is so fun. So what was it like? Like growing up playing boys hockey, how did it translate over to your career? Was it just like a complete change when you started playing women's hockey or how did it help? How did it hurt? All of it. That's, I mean, that's great. I love that you play boys volleyball still. I, in the summers, I try to still train with the boys and as much as I can because they are, um, I mean, they're just faster. They shoot the puck harder. I'm sure in volleyball, they um, hit the ball way harder. The net's a little higher. I'm like, I like to think literally exactly and i'm like i always like to think that i can out athlete maybe some of the boys sometimes i'm like i got some athletic capability but you will out physical me every single day to my out athlete you and so it forces me to be like to have my craziest athletic ability yeah no i love that when i was a kid so put that in perspective i think it was me in my age group it was me and one other girl that were playing boys hockey um up in alaska and it wasn't it's not like there were girls teams in, in, in like 10U, really. Once you got up to 16U, there were girls teams and there were some girls playing. But we only had one, essentially, for the entirety of Anchorage and maybe one other city in Alaska had a girls team, maybe. And now now that's kind of changed a bit. There's definitely more girls hockey, but nothing compared to, to Minnesota on the lower 48, which is why I had to, to make that decision to leave. I mean, um, I loved playing boys hockey, but it got to the point where they were definitely getting bigger and stronger. And I think honestly, the amount of concussions I probably got was, I probably had had like five concussions and in a year or two because they had started hitting and it wasn't like a well known thing or talked about at the time. So it's not like I took any time off. I just shook it off and kept playing. So that is the, probably the best thing that boys hockey taught me is just get up and keep going. Like don't ever just lay on the ice if you get knocked over. That is the, definitely the biggest one of the biggest things that that I have taken taken with me um unfortunately the probably like not so great side of it would be that aggressive side is I think the the boys hockey like mate I wasn't entirely all that aggressive with them maybe it's because I always had the guys like they had my back if something if someone did hit me or the guys just didn't even want to hit me because I was a girl uh, which is unfortunate because I do wish they would have been was a little bit more um, accepting of the girls on the teams, but um, that might have been something that hurt me a little bit. Because when I went to Shattuck, I had to my coaches did have to teach me a little bit more of like that aggressive side of like, hey, like you can still throw your body around here. It's just you gotta be a little bit smarter about it. But uh, so that might have been probably the only not so good thing. But I absolutely love training with boys, and I still every time I go home, I still train with them, and they they push my limits. They're definitely still way better than I am but it's like you said the athletics like I can I still feel as though I can still think the game as fast and so I'll I can make the play that needs to be made but um they're definitely way faster harder shots so they still out they still win in in the end but 
I can I can hang, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like I can still hang. I like yeah. to do it. We have a group chat when I'm visiting home. I'm like, hey, yeah. is anybody in town? Do we wanna do we wanna get some reps? And for me, I love training on a guy's net because in volleyball, a men's net is seven inches higher than a woman's net. So training on that net, learning to hit on that net, and if I can get like yeah. full swings going. I'm fortunate enough to where I, I've got some height to me. Being six one, yeah. like it's a little bit easier than if I was say like five eight, five nine, the way that a lot of players are on beach volleyball, to where the women's net, like they can absolutely smash balls, but hitting on an eight foot net is kind of a bit of a challenge when you're yeah. it's well over two feet taller than you. But I've got a little bit of the advantage of where while well, I still have the height, like so I've I have to reach and I have to jump pretty high. Yeah. Um, but I can get the hang of it. And so I, I've always attributed a bunch of like my jump and my ability to offensively be a weapon like to the guy's game. Um, so yeah. I kind of love that. My mind thinks about it in like a high, just as high of a level to where I can hang. Might still get my butt kicked, yeah. <laughs> but can hang a little bit more than yeah. um, I would have thought. But looking at, I guess now contributing to that, you left your hometown because of the fact that it was like a much better opportunity in Minnesota for you for women's hockey. But looking mm -hmm. back to kind of like, hometown growing up you said that you were the only person in your family who played hockey you guys all knew how to skate did you have anybody that inspired you growing up or was that just a hey i think hockey would be cool let's do it <laughs> um i mean unfortunately it was probably more of the hey hockey would be cool let's do it but i love answering that question because i it's growing up in anchorage all we had was men's teams to look up to and i watched the nhl i didn't even know a u18 girls team existed until i went to shattuck when i was 14 years old which is <laughs> a little bit embarrassing but the this women's hockey wasn't really a thing and so i never watched college women's hockey nothing i watched the U uaa the sea wolves and i was like i'm gonna be a sea wolf someday i'm gonna play in the boys like uaa team and it just <laughs> No one, and the funny thing is, I think I was saying that until I was like 12, but no one ever told me no, you know? And it, I guess I, I can give them a lot of credit Ooh. for not telling me no. It's like, it's like I'm going to go to the NHL and play, and the, the, no one's that, like, no, like, you want to do that? All right. <laughs> that just gave me goosebumps hearing yeah. that, that nobody ever told you no. That is an awesome community of people that you yeah. grew up around. Like <laughs> yes. that everybody's just like, heck yeah, you're going to UAA and you're being a Seawolf and you're going to play yeah. on this team with all the boys. Like, I love that. Shout out to the community of Anchorage that you grew up in. That yeah. is amazing, especially coming from a small town where sports aren't as easily accessible. That is so awesome to like motivate a girl who wants to be a kick butt athlete and you're able to go and do that. And there's probably a piece of you now that doing nursing and playing professional hockey, you're like, well, heck yeah, I can do it. Nobody's ever told me that I couldn't do something before. So why wouldn't I be able to do this now? Yeah, it's a very good point. Like, I like the way you put that. I've never thought of it that way. Just being very appreciative of my community for, for never telling me no. And even though they were probably still laughing behind my back a little bit, like little does she know, but, um, yeah, we're your face. No, yeah, it was like we're, we're definitely a little isolated up there in Alaska, but again, grateful, grateful for it. So, yeah, it's it's beautiful. And in a past episode, we actually talked to Olympic gold medalist cross country skier Keegan Randall. Yeah, who's also Alaska based, and something that's so cool that's very undersold for people in the lower forty eight is that these athletes come every, athletes come from everywhere, and so hearing stories of people that come from places that aren't necessarily athletics hotspots, but you're still able to do these really cool things and trailblaze a community. Um, like you're saying now, hockey is bigger in Alaska than it was prior. There has to be some of that attributed to the fact that you've had a lot of success in hockey and that there's been this success path of athletes have come out of Alaskan hockey. So might as well start including it. Do you see yourself like when you go home or when you're visiting or anything, when you're kind of connecting with the community, do you see sports overall in Alaska changing? In what ways do you kind of feel like you might have helped in trailblazing women's hockey in Alaska? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I, th I do think that I, there are some women leaders up there in hockey that have like, already started paving paving the way, and one of them was my coach at Ohio State, um, Zoe Hickel. Like, the Hickels have had a very um, big part in, in women's hockey up there and kind of been doing all the work ever since I was a kid. Um, but it's 
it is awesome to go back there now and see all of these girls that they, they hold a camp there that come to this camp and being able to be a part of those. And I always try to make it a point to, to go out there and skate at least one time or um, come talk with the girls just because I, I want to be involved with them and, and to show them that all these things that are possible uh, with women's hockey. Because knowing growing up, I, did, I didn't have that. So uh, being able to be there for them, I, I mean, they're all still so young. And some of them I've been working with since they were like five years old when they were out in little mini mites. My coach would, would have me come out and, and help. And it was a lot of fun to to be with these little girls. So I've been able to see them all grow up now till they're like 13, 14 years old. And I can't believe that they're that old already, but. Oh my I, gosh. Yes. Yeah, you'll have seen the, the, the end goal yet. I would say just cause they're, they're all still so young and I'm, I'm very interested to see enter like high school, college, all, all of this, like where it takes them. Um, so it, it is very exciting you are able to serve as a role model for these girls like that you didn't have growing up. You didn't have a female hockey player you looked up to. You were watching NHL games and you were watching UAA and you were doing all of these like really, you were still watching hockey and you were in love with the sport and all of it. But you get to be the hockey role model from the woman's side that you never really got, um, which is so cool. And I so relate to like coaching kiddos when they're little and like watching them grow up. I just did, I've done a couple lessons with kids and been coaching them since they were like 10 years old playing volleyball when we were working on like serving over the net. And one of them just messaged me the other day that she had gotten her driver's license. And I just kind of sat back and I was like, absolutely not. I was like, no way. Like I was like, there is, that is crazy. Wow. You are still barely able to get a serve over the net in my books. So I was just laughing, getting to watch these kids grow up and getting to serve as a role model that you might not have had growing up. So that's pretty pretty yeah. phenomenal yeah speaking of the the serving as a role model just I, there was one thing after like the NCAA championship I went home that summer I was able to go home that whole summer and um one of the the coaches invited me out to go with the, the little girls and skate at one of their skates and so I went out and they told me that they had put the game up on like the on like a projector board at UAA to and in, in the in their locker room we were watching it and I was like I had no idea. And then I was like, that is amazing. Cause like, we never, like, I never did that, you know, it's like, it wasn't even a, a thing. So I, that was definitely one of those like heartwarming moments where I was like, wow, like this is actually something that even without realizing, it, I guess like, I'm just like, I'm just playing the game of hockey. Like I was just out there playing and it's still somewhat making a difference in those kids' lives. Cause they, I mean, they were, they were so happy. And I was like, I didn't do anything, but <laughs> <laughs> the impact the impact goes way further than you'll ever like yeah. realize which is such a such a cool thing oh, I yeah. love that like going back to you wanted to be like a member like you were like UAA was what I grew up watching and then yeah. they ended up watching you at the end oh that no, makes my heart fun. that like that's like a warm and fuzzy feeling yeah. um like easily warm and fuzzy <laughs> feeling what pushed you to like go pro and to decide to continue your hockey career beyond NCAA and play professionally? What was kind of that inspiration like? I definitely think it's just something I've always wanted. I love hockey. So that's, I mean, I think that's just a simple answer on that one is I just love hockey. So it's kind of what's pushed me to, to really keep going and, um, again, be a role model for those other kids coming up. I love yeah. that. And I relate to that so much. I think that I've been asked that question as well of like, oh, have you always known? And I was like, well, yeah, it's just, I, I love yeah. my sport. So it was just a given. Yeah. I was going to graduate. I was going to play and get as good and as many degrees as I could in the time that the NCAA let me be an athlete. And yep. then immediately once that eligibility rang up, then I was going to go and play professionally. It was never, yeah. never a question. It was like, I'm going to go do this. And I know other people have different stories, but I love hearing that from you too, because I'm like, yep, I love the sport. So why wouldn't I go do this? Like this is, this is a journey that I'm excited to take that I'm willing to take. So I'm going to take it. So it's so cool. Like hearing that now too, from your perspective, you're in a trailblazing group of athletes for women's hockey. You guys are finally breaking ground with PWHL. How does it feel being amongst the group of first drafted players? Are you excited? Like beyond words first season or what are the words if you've got them what's it like kind of being in this first group of athletes in the pwhl uh, i mean it's it's an honor honestly being being a part of it but i think something that it does need to be said or 
that is even more so is the fact that it is a, these older girls in, in women's hockey, like Hillary Knight, Kendall Coyne, who took took on that, took this on and did it themselves. It's, there was n- not really an outside source that was like, oh, look at these women. They're good at hockey. Like, let's make them a league. It, it wasn't going to happen that way. And these these women at the pinnacle of our sport decided, like, there was um, an inequity, I guess, between men and women's ho- hockey. And they, they took it upon themselves to start this. And they've been doing it for, gosh, five, six years. So, um I just feel honored and blessed to be, um, I don't want to use the word like reaping the benefits, but um, being a part of it and kind of almost them handing it down, I guess, in a sense, like if they were to do that, I would, they're being great role models to us to continue that of, it's like, we're going to be the ones driving this. Like we yeah. get to fight for ourselves and fight for women's sports. So oh. they do get to, they get to enjoy the process as well they'll still be playing but there are women ahead of them too that made a lot of sacrifices for for women's sports that uh, and women's hockey specifically that um do also deserve being mentioned and it's it's pretty cool it's like for people who don't know about the creation of PWHL, two existing <laughs> hockey leagues that have now combined in this powerful league that stands equal, like you were saying with the NHL, you guys are actually a piece of like this existing history of a league that's going to become this power league. I have no yeah. doubt in my mind that this is going to become a power league because of the fact, like you were saying, athletes who have put in the work to trailblaze and to kind of create this league. People who are still playing, people who aren't anymore, they've been putting in the work for all of these years to see it come to fruition. And so now, again, like you're accepting this torch of being this first generation of players in it and one of the younger generation players who's in it. But it's really cool because I'm hopeful as a fan of sports and a fan of women's sports in general, that this is one of those leagues that goes into existence forever, that kind of stands in the line of history along with the NHL. But when we're old ladies looking back, we're going to be like, wow, remember when that league started? And you're like, (laughs) yeah, I played in that when that started. That's kind of crazy. Like it's 60 years later and we're still we're still watching it to this day. But back in my day, (laughs) back in my day, this thing didn't exist at first. Like. Yeah, I mean it's crazy to think to think about that, um, but it's it'll it'll be a journey that's for sure. This these first few few years will be a little maybe not as where exactly where they want it, but it it'll be a learning experience again a learning experience and um, that it'll just get better and better every year. And it is the the best we finally have. I think you explained it better than I ever could, but we have we find. One league that is um, all the best players in the world. I mean, we have uh, just, I have teammates on my team that are from Finland, that are from Czech. Um, There are other girls from from all over that are going to be playing in this league. And so it's really, it is really cool to see it um, coming out with with our original six. So it's fun. It's it's exciting and I think it's, it's, again, it speaks to a really trailblazing time for women's sports and I love it. And also coming from a smaller sport myself can can attribute can absolutely relate to this of being like a part of a smaller sport that's kind of like trying to emerge like at a constant rate. It's huge in the Mm -hmm. Olympics. Hockey's huge in the Olympics, like always big in the Olympics. And then the other four years, people don't really think of it as much. Yeah, but. I'd want to know in your career, I feel like you've faced obstacles. You've not necessarily looked at them as obstacles, which I love. Like hearing your story, there's never been a single time where you've been like, yeah, I can't do this. You're like, no, I'm playing hockey. I'm doing it. I'm going to play with the boys. And nobody's ever told you no. And you've never told yourself no, which is so cool. You've never been like, what if I did? You're like, no, I'm doing it. I love it. You're like, am I playing pro? Heck yeah, I'm playing pro. Like, let's go. (laughs) Have you internally or like even externally, what have been your biggest obstacles in your career and how have you kind of taken those obstacles and almost again you've kind of had this like indomitable spirit of where you're like no I'm doing it what what's it been like conquering those obstacles or going step by step through it yeah I mean come say probably like a year ago again I would have not really I wouldn't have been able to really think of one very easily just because like you said I've always been a a quote like yes man just always gonna go for it and try it if I've fail, I'll just figure out another way to, to try and do it. The, I would say in this past year is just that the obstacle of learning, like you need to take a day off. Like you're, I'm at that age of 
that the one day off a week is something that is actually needed. It's going to help you. And I did recently get like an injury. I was starting to develop a stress fracture. I know I like, I kind of alluded that at the beginning, but, um, I was on crutches for like a month and a half. And that was all from just, uh, over, over training essentially. So, um, taking a step, that's kind of been an obstacle, but I know I've been, I've been persevering through it. I've actually been coming out strong. Like I'm stronger now than I was before all of this happened. And, um, on the ice, I feel better. My mind feels more clear in a sense on the ice. Um, I'm making sure my nutrition is good. I've been again, implementing that day off. So all of these changes I've been able to make because of an obstacle. And so, I mean, I feel like at the very beginning of it, I could have just been like, oh my gosh, what's like, this is horrible. What, uh, what am I going to do? And just think about the whole time, like, like you said earlier, they're, they're doing all this training. They're getting better every single day. And I'm just sitting here. And I mean, that's, again, that wasn't the case. (laughs) I wasn't just sitting there. I still had like all these things. Luckily I had an amazing team of people like helping me out and, um, keeping me doing things that would make it easier to come back after. Um, and it's been probably only a month and a half that I've been off crutches and all of these things are starting to, to come to fruition. You can see, um, I, or at least I can see it uh, helping me a lot. So I really do hope that others are not afraid to ask for help and realize that even if they feel like there's an obstacle that you, you can get over it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I think it's also like you were saying, now we're at the age where like injuries happen. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Been lucky enough to where injuries didn't happen when we were little. That's not to talk down on anybody who battled injuries growing up. Mm -hmm. I have had so many friends and peers in sport who have battled injuries when they were young as well. So don't let for any listener listening, don't let like the fact that we just happened to be made of rubber growing up, like deter you from the fact that injuries happen in sport. You're it's inevitable to have injury. We all push our bodies to a level and to an extent that injuries are going are bound to happen. But something that's so important is that comeback coming back from that injury, like becomes so much more powerful to the story almost like it just it makes you appreciate and it makes you work harder and also learn the value of like you were saying like taking that time off or like doing the little bit of extra physical therapy or going on from there all of those little things like you have to learn but you have to learn them from being hurt you don't really learn them until you get hurt it sucks (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) you have to like hit the wall before you actually learn that like you should go over it instead of just running through it it just it ends up working out that way. And so I love you sharing like that you had to learn that from that obstacle of getting hurt and it may have come later. For some people who are lucky enough to learn the obstacle of taking time off, if you learn it at an early age, that's awesome. For those of us who learned it in our 20s, I wish that I would have learned it in my teens because that would have helped a lot in my teens. Yeah. No, I think that that's pretty awesome. And then another question that I have for you, just looking at kind of everything that you do. What's your biggest inspiration in all that you do? My biggest inspiration, honestly, I, it, I feel like it's my sisters. I know I haven't talked about them at all in this. So quick little background, but my, uh, they're both just very, they're, they're hard workers. And it's the fact that I know that they're, they're doing all these things and being fearless and courageous and brave and everything that they do that makes, that gives me fire and that I can do it as well. And I guess just to put that in my older sister in the Air Force, she did swimming at the Air Force Academy and she's like a B-52 pilot now. And the stuff that she does is pretty insane. And she's also doing Ironman training now that her post swimming. So she does the Ironman training at the same time as her B-52 stuff. And that just blows my mind. Like she does essentially like the quote, night shifts flying. And I'm just like, okay. And the next day she's biking 50 miles. I'm like, this is absurd. So uh, that part. And then my little sister is actually open water swimmer. She's a Florida Gator senior year and she does open water swimming and is on like a pre-medical path as well. So she will go into the water and swim 10 Ks. And I mean, (laughs) I'm sure if if you, if you, I don't know how much swimming you've done, Charlie, but a 10K in the open water. I mean, I'm just afraid of a shark, first of all. 
signal. I'm like, I don't know how she does it, but she pushes through it. And there's times she's thrown up in the middle of a race in a 10K and just kept going. So I'm like, if my little sister can do that, it's like I can sure as heck get through through this workout or um, push myself through all these other things. So that's kind of where I get my inspiration. That is incredible. Your family, I want to know, like, <laughs> what water you guys were drinking growing yeah. up. Your family does not stop. And that is so awesome. All three of you guys, all three sisters being so driven, you're all doing the double shift when with yeah. everything you do. And probably, again, contributes to that idea of you were like, yeah, they do it. So yeah, we all just kind of do it. There was never a time that you were like, no, I'm not going to be able to do it because older sister's doing it, younger sister's doing it, you're doing it. Like everybody just kind of unanimously supports each other. And I love that, that unanimous, like we're all going to grind and it's all going to be in a different way. All of you guys played your different sports. All of you did your different things, but all ended up, have ended up succeeding and finding success in every like facet that you've done. So that's super cool getting to see or hear family support from completely different lenses, but all for the same goal of like, we're just going to work and we're going to do, we're going to inspire each other through our work. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I know enough about swimming to know that a 10 K in the open water is not something that I would choose to be doing. So that's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. She's so funny. She's like, yeah, we just did 8 K in practice yesterday and the day before I'm like, even when I was injured, I was swimming a little bit more. And I was like, I don't think I swam an 8K in a total week of my swimming that I was doing. So I just laughed at that. I was like, that is absurd. Yeah. I grew up swimming a little bit and I remember doing a mile swim. I was good. I was like, yeah. that's enough for me. That's I'm, I'm tapped out. I've done all my laps. Like 1600 meters is good for me. Like yeah. that's, that's about all you're going to get. <laughs> yeah. So to do 8,000, um, yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's quite that's quite a lot of meters. <laughs> a, lot. a lot of pool staring, pool floor staring. That's why. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. Our conversation has just been so awesome. The yeah. only thing that I have left is our Strong Girls United series questions. For those of you who are listening for the first time on Strong Girls Pod. Our three pillars of Strong Girls United are strong bodies, kind hearts, and unstoppable minds. Claire, you know this, being a veteran of Strong Girls United through the years. And for those of our listeners who know this piece of the series, we're doing this as a piece of the pillars of Strong Girls United from all of these incredible women that we're talking to on this little podcast that I'm hosting you on here. We're just asking kind of the fun bits of it of A, How do you keep your body strong? Um, So I would say get eight hours of sleep every night. That's how I keep my body strong. Um, It is very important. Strong and fuel yourself. Those are the, it doesn't matter what you do in your training. If you're not getting enough sleep and not eating enough, you're not going to have a strong body. There's that. (laughs) Feel that. Now B, how do you keep your heart kind? my heart kind I'm just gonna say the nursing part of that there's a lot of uh, I I learn a lot from my patients and and seeing their their interactions with their family and just being there for them so that's my that's my side of the the being kind and I really enjoy that aspect it's angel Claire coming in yeah <laughs> in her <Angel>. scrubs <laughs> yeah coming in with their scrubs and I love that it's you've got a really unique way of keeping your heart kind and that like comes in your profession which is so so special I love it and then C last but definitely definitely not least how do you keep your mind unstoppable take a day off (laughs) don't think about don't think about things that's how I try to keep my mind my mind straight that's my my go-to right now (laughs) I love it Keep yeah. your keep your mind strong by giving it the time to actually rest. No mind yeah. melts. No yeah. melting. Just yeah. only building it up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, Claire, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and chat today. I've had so much fun like hearing stories relating. And I I think that your story is one that I hope continues to inspire so many people, not just in Alaska, but beyond like nationwide, because those A, small town athletes that make big changes are really, really fun people to have in your corner and to be inspired by. And you're one of those. So I am so grateful for you taking the time and hopping on with me today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I mean, this was a a very 
very fun talk and I do hope that girls around the nation get to get to hear it and maybe learn something from me learn from my mistakes even uh, be the, the best one learn from the things that I did wrong so you can um, not make those mistakes could not could not agree no. more if if yeah. people learn from us on making the mistakes there will be a lot less mistakes made in athletics yeah. I feel like <laughs> yeah sometimes you have to learn them the hard way but if we can prevent the hard way from happening like that would be great <laughs> yeah, it would be great yeah. awesome well, for those of you tuning in, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Strong Girls Pod. I'm your host, Charlie Ekstrom. Been here for the day with Claire DeGeorge, and we are signing off. Thank you. This podcast is sponsored by Strong Girls United, a nonprofit with a mission to empower girls to be strong, confident, and resilient through sports mentorship and mental health programming. Visit sgunitedfoundation.org to learn more on how you can get involved today.